Hey family, thanks so much again for being here. If you're in the house, it is beautiful to see you here. Um, the more you say amen, the faster I go. The slower you say amen, or if you just sit there and look at me, then it's going to take a long time for me to finish this word today. Uh, if you join online, the more heart emojis, the more likes you give me, then the faster I go, the less you give me, then we have a long way to go. Okay. Anyways, great to see you. Um, I want to do something that I don't usually do uh, because it tends to be risky, um, but I'm going to do it today. Uh, there's, there's somebody in our house today that I, that I want you to know. He goes to a church. He's on the front lines of fighting for justice. Uh, his kids go to a church, and I want you to meet him. Now, I don't always agree with him, so don't label me as um, with him in every area. i got to put up all the all the disclaimers, but he is doing some incredible work um, fighting for justice. Uh, anytime you see somebody being mistreated in, or in, in the African-American community in particular, he's usually there representing them, and he's done a great job. And so what I want you to do, uh, let me say one more time, it does not believe, mean I believe everything he believes. Okay? Can I get a witness, somebody? No, it's my friend. But just because you can have friends that you disagree with. Okay, somebody? Okay? Is that all right? Okay, y'all looking like, oh, Lord, who are you talking about? It's going to be all right. Come on. Hey, Lee, just stand up. Let's, let's support him. Lee, come on, stand up. Will you help me give this Lee Merritt, ladies and gentlemen, a round of applause and tell him thank you for the work you're doing, sir. We appreciate you representing uh, African Americans who oftentimes have been taken advantage of or hurt or killed. We appreciate you representing them well, and we want to say thank you for the work you're doing. We're praying for you. One more time. We don't always agree with you, but, but, <laughs> but we prayed with you. Is that all right, Lee? Awesome, man. Thanks, buddy. All right, come on, everybody. Let's give them a round of applause. Cool. All right, we're going to start. Somebody's going to drop off because they don't like that I honored somebody that does that, but God bless you. Um, we're going to make it anyways. Who, know, who in here knows? that you can have a friend that you completely disagree with on some issues and then agree with on others. That's, we need more of that modeled in here. We need more of that. Is that all right, everybody? You, it's not true that you have to be on one side or the other. It is absolutely not true. You can be on one side of the issue here and another side of the issue here, and that's what Christians should do. We should be on God's side of the issue, not on any party's side of the issue. Anyway, let's go. Uh, we probably lost about 15 people right there. God bless. It's okay. We're going to make it. God's going to bless us with 15 more. Can I get a witness? Somebody. All right, cool. Um, um, let's pray uh, because we need Jesus to finish this sermon. I got a word for you today. For real, put your seatbelt on because you need this word in your life. I promise you, you do. Father, um, thank you for the work that so many are doing all across our country. Um, they're, they're laboring for things that are gospel-centered, and I am so grateful for it. People on the right, people on the left are, are laboring for issues that are critical to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I just pray for all of them. Thanks for Lee. Thanks for allowing him to be a part of our body. I just pray protection over his life. And I pray favor upon him as he tries to fight for gospel-centered truth. We pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said? 
amen and amen. Um, if, you, if you've lived a little while, God's probably uh, given you a dream. And part of the challenge that we have as Christians sometimes is we have, we have this dream on one side, and then we have limitations on the other side. So we have, we have this dream, I want to do this. Okay, God, this is what you want me to do for your glory and for your honor. But then on the other side, we have limitations. We can't get there. Uh, God sent me by today to remind you that whenever you have a dream and whenever you have limitations, here's what he told me to remind you, God fills the gap. All right. Um, some of you are saying, Pastor, I've got a cool dream, um, and God wants me to do it, but my money has ran out. I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you. I'm a personal witness to it. When you have a dream, and your wallet can't handle it, your bank account can't handle it, God says, if you trust me, I will fill the gap. Ah, there's some of you here that, that's in a marriage, and it's not where you want it to be, and you have limitations for one reason or another. I'm here to remind you today that God says, that God says, he will fill the gap. Some of you have kids. Some of you have kids, and you have a vision for your kids, but they're not where you want them to be. God sent me to remind me, to remind you that God fills the gap. Some of you here are single today, and you're wondering, ain't nobody put no ring on it yet, and so you're wondering, God, I got a vision for this family and for what I should be doing. I've got it, but there's a limit. Um, I don't know where she is, and I don't know where he is. Here's what God sent me back to remind you. God, say it with me, God fills the gap. Now, some of you are saying it like you don't, like you don't believe it. One more time. That's about 50%. One more time. It sounds good behind that mask. Do you hear me? It just sounds good. God fills the gap. Some of you have a business, and the business needs to go to the next level. But you don't have the people that you need around you to take it there. Can I remind you what God says? If you trust him, God says, I will fill the gap. Today I want to tell you a story. That's nestled away in 2 Peter chapter 3. You have these three kings that all of a sudden form a partnership against this one king that's on the eastern side of the Dead Sea. If you look at the map beside me, let me give you a description of what's happening. The Moabites, so you have, whenever you want to know about Israel, uh, usually have the Sea of Galilee, then a stream, uh, 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 the Jordan River, then you, then you ultimately have the Dead Sea, that it all runs down into the Dead Sea. This battle that's in uh, uh, 2 Kings chapter 3, here's what happened. You've got the Moabites on the eastern side of the Dead Sea. Then you have Israel. It's this time of the divided kingdom. You have Israel and you have a king over the northern part of Israel. Then you have Judah, which is the southern part of Israel. And you have a king over that. Then to the desert, you have the Edomites. And the Edomites have a king. His name is not mentioned there. Here's the problem, though, family. The problem is that the Moabites under another king before the current king, King Misha, King Misha, before him, there's another king, and he would pay the northern uh, part of Israel, uh, he'd pay them 100,000 wool uh, for clothing, and he would also pay them 100,000 ram for food, and he'd give them all this every single year. It was almost like a tax that he would give to them. Well, when King Misha took over, he said, uh-uh, we ain't doing that no more, so you're not getting nothing from us. 
and the king over the northern part of Israel, if you're filling out your notes, the king over the northern part of Israel was King Jehoram. And he said, okay, if you're not going to do that, then we're going to fight. We're going to war because we're going to take what is rightfully ours. And since you're not paying your taxes, we're going to come and take it from you. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the tension. There's a vision. We're supposed to live appropriately in our area. You're supposed to pay your taxes. Things are supposed to go that way. It didn't, so now there's a limitation. So King Jehoram said, well, I cannot beat him by myself, so I need to make an alliance with the southern kingdom, the king of Judah, and with the Edomites, because we're going to go through the desert to get them, the Moabites, that is, on the eastern side of the river. Everybody following the context. So this is just history, but you need it for this story. So, so he said, I'm going to form an alliance. I'm going to make friends with the southern kingdom. The problem was the king of the southern kingdom was Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat is a good king. He's a man of integrity, a man of sincerity, a man of character, a man that you can depend on. Okay, he's a God follower. Jehoram, Jehoram, unfortunately, guess who his mommy and daddy was? King Ahab and Queen Jezebel. The apple don't fall far from the tree, y'all. So here's how he ruled. He would, he would test, the, he would test the, um, the, the survey and he would see where people want to go. Then he'd go that way. So he'd have a calf that some people would worship, or they could worship Yahweh. If more people wanted to worship Yahweh, then he'd come to Yahweh. More people wanted to worship the calf, then he'd come to the calf. That's how some Christians live their lives, by the way. They want to worship God when it's convenient and when it's popular. But when it's not popular, all of a sudden you want to leave God out and do your own thing. But what I want to show you is when you have a vision and there are limitations... There's some things, there's some principles you need to follow. I'm going to give you 11 of them as you go through this. Remember, I tell you, when there are limitations on your vision, God fills the gap. So principle number one, here we go, of 11 of them that we're going to talk about. Number one says, hard times create unexpected unity. Hard times often create unexpected unity. Ladies and gentlemen, hard times will make people who you don't, who don't like each other come together. That's what hard times does, doesn't it? You have a hard time, you're, you're, in, you're in war, you, you have to face an enemy that's too big for you, all of a sudden you want to hang out with people now because you need them, their forces to help you to defeat your common enemy. Every time, if you have a vision that you're going to get and you're going to achieve, God will allow there to be a common enemy, listen, that you have to meet friends who perhaps hurt you in the past that you now have to align with if you're going to defeat the common enemy. Me. Let me say that again. Some of you right now uh, uh, have written off some people who have hurt your feelings. You have written off some people who have um, 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 offended you. No, they haven't done anything real bad. They just didn't do what you wanted them to do, and you have written them off. Listen to me. You're going to need them again in your life. You're not going to be able to get to what God has for you unless you overlook their wrong, unless you ask for their forgiveness, and unless you come together and join forces to get the common enemy. You see, too many people in here um, would have written off Peter. You need to know who's Peter, and you need to know who's Judas in your life. The Peters in your life, you mustn't write them off. They had a bad day. Nothing wrong with having a bad day. 
If you have a bad day, that's fine. You messed up on that day. You ought to be grateful that, that, and forgive them because you mess up too, and you want people to forgive you. There's a difference between Peter and Judas. Peter had a mess up on one day, but God forgave him and gave him the whole church to run. Judas had a wicked heart. He wanted money over worshiping Jesus. That, you say, you don't want to have none to do with, and you wash your hands clean. Too many people are mistreating Peter for Judas. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking to you right now. You need to make sure you go to the Peters in your life that have offended you, that didn't do what you wanted them to do, and you have written them off as dead. You need to ask God to forgive you for that, and you need to say, if I'm going to get to the vision God has for me, I'm going to have to make alliances with people that I have written off in my past. Can I get a witness, somebody? There's some people in here that you're too sensitive, and somebody hurt your feelings, and you want to write them off. Aren't you glad that when you hurt God's feelings, he don't write you off? He sure don't. So why are you willing to write people off so much? Do not misplace Peter's for Judas. Yes, you need to say Judas's. I'm putting a boundary around you. You don't get to come in. But Peter's, you need to make sure you overlook their offense. You need to make sure you own your drama so that you don't allow you to miss a good partnership because of your hurt feelings. Oh, that was for somebody in here today who's so sensitive. It's like walking on eggshells around you. We can't even talk to you because all you want everybody to do is bow down before, oh, whatever you say, or whatever you say. Ain't nobody can have no relationship with you because you're too sensitive. Come on, somebody. Get some thick skin. Come on, somebody. I needed to tell your mama. Mama, you spoiled this one too much. They can't get to their vision because you spoiled this one. Come on, man. They got to realize, overlook it, move past it, so we can get to where God is trying to take us all. Listen, Je Je Jehoram had to make an, an alliance with King Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom because he had to go through the desert, which is where Edom is. You don't have a relationship with the king of Edom, then you're not going through the desert. They're going to take you out before you get to Moab. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know where your vision's taking you, but you've got to form alliances. Because if you don't, it will take you out. Number two, here we go. Um, thirst makes you throw out all the rules. When you're thirsty, see what happened was, so they decided, all right, let's form this alliance. They all agreed to form the alliance. Now they're walking through the desert. Seven days in, they run out of water, run out of water for everybody. Calf, out of water. Uh, soldiers, out of water. Kings, out of water. Everybody out of water. So now, when you're out of water, now you're even more desperate. Desperation sets in because they're going to their vision, they're accomplishing their vision, but now they have a bigger problem than the vision because now they run out of water and their lives are in jeopardy. What do you do? When you're trying to get to the vision and all the money runs out, what do you do when you're trying to finish school? And all of a sudden, you get some low grades, and they, you, they're threatening to kick you out of school. What do you do when you're on the way to the vision, but something bigger than the vision threatens your entire life? That's where they find themselves. That's when you throw all the protocols out, don't you? You say, we're not following the rules no more. Watch what happens. The kings say, we need to find a prophet. And the kings go to a prophet. 
Do you see what's wrong with that, somebody? Everything wrong with that. Before, the prophet would have to ask the king if he can get into their presence. Oh, uh, but when you're desperate, when you're desperate, you'll be like, listen, I just need to find somebody with an answer. I don't care who it is. I'm getting to that prophet. They did everything they could to make sure they could get to the prophet. Not Elijah, but Elisha. And so they're heading, they're heading in the direction of finding him. Listen to me, family. Listen. God is going to give you a problem that you cannot fix so you know you can't get there without God. God is going to give you a problem that you cannot fix. Here's why he's going to give it to you. Because he wants you to know the only way you can get to that solution is if God takes you there. You see, see when you live, when you live in a sedated neighborhood, you have a tendency to believe that money can buy everything. But real quickly, uh, Corona has taught us, oh, you can have all the money in the world you want. You're still sitting up in your house like everybody else because money cannot buy everything. Here's what God wants you to know. Every time he gives you a vision, he's going to set a problem up in front of you. But the only reason the problem is there is to remind you that you cannot get to that vision outside of God. Ladies and gentlemen, I know somebody's in here, and you blaming the problem. I can't believe this would happen to me. I can't. It's, it's an invitation to run to God. It's an invitation that you cannot do this one by yourself. So quit trying to make it happen. Well, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to make, I'm going to do this. I'm, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. It, it's not by might nor by power. You got to know God in this one to get to your day. I wish I had a witness in here today. You got to know God to get. It's a setup, y'all. God says, I want you to want me more than the vision. Which is why he says, you got to come to me to pull this one off. Let's go to number three. Oh, number three says, God wants consistency, not crisis calls. God wants consistency, not crisis call. Hey, Jehoram, Jehoram, come here, Jehoram, come here, come here, come here. You, you like your mama, uh, Jezebel. You want to come to me when it's convenient to you. You only when there's a crisis do you want to come to me. Okay, let me say that another way. Maybe this will help. Um, many of us don't want a relationship with the Savior. We only have a relationship with Sunday. We only have a relation every Sunday. Yes, God, let's get ready for church and let's do God things. But the rest of the week, oh, God, that's mine. Whatever my God is of that day, I'm going to worship that God because I'm going to either worship my kids, which some of us do. I'm going to worship my spouse, which some of us do. I'm going to worship my job, which some of us do. I'm going to give more time and adoration to my job or to my hobby. But, I'm going, but God, on Sunday, it's your day. But the rest of the week, oh, I'm going to choose the God I worship. You just like... Jehoram. That's exactly what he did. And God is saying, no, 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 you don't get it. You're going to have a relationship with me if you're going to get to the vision that you want to get to. Because this vision has to give me glory. So you're going to realize before it's done that it's not about you and that it's all about me. So, Pastor, I just want to go, I want to start this business and I want it to blow up and I want it to do great things. Okay, okay, okay. Is it, is it for your little kingdom or is it for my big kingdom? That's really the question he wants you to ask because he's going to put some problems in your way. He's going to allow some stuff to happen and you have to say to yourself, Self, I know that this is God's way of telling me I got to seek him more. He doesn't want a crisis relationship with you, he wants a consistent 
relationship with you. Too many of us have the Jehoram spirit. You know what that is, don't you? That is where you just, you, you, you try to figure out where people are, and then you go there. You're trying to figure out where the majority is, and then you go there. You know what's funny about this? Somebody not going to like this one, too. You know what's funny that y'all don't know sometimes? Um, you, uh, oftentimes, some of you, some of you watch television, and you watch the news, and you watch MSN, CNN, and Fox, and you let them rile you up, and they tell you their position that really is not their position. It's really a producer's position that they're reading. But then, listen, 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 listen. But then they rile you up, get your blood pressure going. And then they go out to, their, to, to, to dinner or they go on, on a, a Zoom now with their friends that work at the other station that completely disagrees. And now they are hanging out, laughing and having fun. And you fighting with all your friends, going on all the social media, talking about, I can't stand you. I hate you. God hates you. Everybody hates you. And they be like, uh-oh. Listen, listen to me, family. Half the time, this is about money. Good news does not sell. Bad news does. Do not let them manipulate you into fighting with each other while they're having drinks with each other. I just lost 15 more. But that is all right because it's the truth. That's why some of them can leave one station and go to the other. And you be like, I thought they believed. How they go over here? That don't make no sense. Here's why. Because they're just reading what somebody else put in front of them to read. Because there's a producer and there's an owner that's running the news and they're just the face in front of the news. So quit fighting all your friends and quit unfollowing people because of what you hear. They ain't unfollowing each other. Preach, Pastor. Say it! Uh-huh. Don't get me excited in this place today. Anyways, anyways, anyways come, on, come on, God wants consistency. Here we go. Be prepared to be the path to God. That's number four. Be prepared to be the path to God. Sometimes you will be the only one with the connection to God. Sometimes you in your circle will be the only one. That's what Jehoshaphat was. The the only reason the prophet spoke to them was because of Jehoshaphat. Because of his relationship with him. He says, okay, Jehoshaphat, I really don't like Jehoram, but I'm going to talk to you and I'm going to connect with them because I really don't like him. I'm going to show you in a minute what the text says. But I'm going to talk to them because of you. Let me, let me remind you of something. You the one. You. You, 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 you. You are the one that have the connection to God. You, I am the one in my relationship that have the connection to God. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm the one, I'm the one, I'm the one, I'm the one, I'm the one. I'm the one that have the connection to God. Which means, which means, since you're the one that have the connection to God, you better realize that you have some people around you who don't have the connection to God. And if you don't remain steadfast and unmovable, they'll drift you away from God if you're not staying close to the cross. That's why this becomes so important. All right, so watch the text, and let me read it. This is a fascinating passage that you have to read sometimes for yourself. Elisha. Elisha, look at verse number 14. Here's what Elisha said. Elisha is the prophet. These three kings come. Um, a little bit above that, it says this. It says, no, for the Lord has called these three kings together to give them into the hand of Moab. Elisha said, as the Lord 
of hosts lives, before whom I stand, were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, listen to this, <laughs> I would not look at you nor see you. Do you see the disgust in that tone? Hey, Jehoram, were it not for my boy Jay, I wouldn't even be looking at you right now. I really can't stand because you're a hypocrite. You ain't nothing but a hypocrite. That's all you are. You test the leaves to see where you should go and then you go. You don't love Yahweh. You don't want to have nothing to do with Yahweh. If it wasn't for Jehoshaphat, I wouldn't be answering you right now. My God, my God. I, do, do you find yourself being a hypocrite? Do you find yourself being one way with your non-Christian friends to blend in and then another way with your Christian friends? If your friends knew that you came to church this morning, would they be like, hey, you go to church? Is that how they'd be? Because if that's how you be, then you're, then you're nothing but a phony. Then you're nothing but a hypocrite. But my point to you is if you're the one, then you need to realize that God's calling you to something special. You, you, you remember my boy Noah, don't you? Here's what, no, no, nobody else heard from God. It was him. Nobody else has even seen rain, ever. And God says, Noah, build an ark. Whoa, I'm going to build an ark, God. I ain't never seen rain. Don't matter. I'm telling you, build an ark. People laughing at him. People jeering him up. People say, why are you building that big old thing? We ain't never seen nothing like that. Ain't no rain. We don't even know what rain means. Why are you building this big thing? And there's never been rain in the history of the world so far as they were concerned. But Noah still remained fit because I'm the one. I'm the one that's going to deliver y'all. So I'm the one. So I know that I'm going to build because God says so. Will you be faithful and build whatever God's telling you to build, even though the world has never seen it before, and even though ain't nobody um, is going to see it until God reveals it to them? Will you be the one when everybody else is laughing at you, but you still remain faithful and do what God has told you to do because you know you heard from God? But here's the next thing about being the one. The enemy knows you're the one too. So why are you surprised when trials and tribulation come your way? Why are you surprised that you're trying to be a man and woman of integrity? You're trying to walk with God and the enemy's turning it up, making them laugh, making them say, I can't stand him. Yeah, he, he one of them Christians. She one of them Christians. I just can't stand how they think. They think they're God. They think everybody should do it their way. I can't believe. Will you stand the heat because you know you're the one that's connected to God. The enemy knows, so he's going to try and do everything he can to disrupt you because he does not want God's vision to come to fruition. Ladies and gentlemen, you got to be prepared to be on the path. Then number five, watch this now. This is so beautiful. Number five, I want everybody to read this one. We've been saying with me, everybody. You create a space for God to speak. Now, that's not everybody. Everybody, if you're at home, you read this with me. Say it with me, everybody. It's right here. Say it with me. You a space for God. You'd be like, Pastor, I don't get it. What does that mean? What do you mean you create a space for God to meet? Watch the text. Watch the text. Right after that. It, I, it would not look, I would not look at you nor see you. Here's the next one. But, watch this now. Now, bring me a minstrel or a musician. And it came about that when the musician played, that the hand of the Lord came upon him. Watch this. I want you to watch. This is such a powerful thought. He has the gift. Elisha does. But he knows that I am so ticked off 
If I was in another place, I'd say pissed off, but I'm ticked off. I'm ticked off that this fool would come before me to ask me to hear from God when he has been living this raggedy life. So how dare you do that? So before he uses his gift that he has, he's a prophet. He says, I need to create a space. I need a space because my heart ain't right. And I can't give to you the word of the Lord when my own heart is wrong. Those of you who have gifts and abilities around here. Just because you have the, just because you have the gift don't mean you use it when you're walking in the flesh. Just because you got the gift he's given you, just because you can hear, don't mean you don't clean your own heart before you use the gift that God has given you. I hope, there, I hope I got somebody that know what I'm talking about in here today. Watch the text, watch the text, watch the text. So what does he say? Bring a musician. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is why it matters who is playing for you. This is why you don't have gig people playing for you. You don't have people who want to go play anywhere they want to play at night, bring up all kind of unholy stuff, and then come in church and all of a sudden be transformed and thought, well, let me usher people into the presence of God. I don't know what you ushered last night. Is there anybody in here today? I don't know what they ushered last night. They might have ushered in some other spirit. Now you want to bring that spirit up in here? That's why, you don't, that's why you don't just hire people who want to get paid to play. Because if money is your driver, then you are not caring about ushering the spirit of God. You're caring more about the money you're going to get. That's why God would much rather a C musician with an A heart than an A musician with a C heart. Don't miss it. Hey, church planners, don't miss it. Just don't go get the best of the best. What's, what God cares about is not the best of the best. He cares about what most people can see, which is the heart. That's why you can have some people up here with the sweetest spirit and can't sing a lick. And when they open their mouth, they say, oh, my God. The God is speaking through this person. And that's why you can have some person go, and, and you'll be like, is there... Hold on, is this, is this just noise? What is going on in here? And here's why. Because one has the anointing on their lives because their heart's in the right place and the other has gift but no heart. Ladies and gentlemen, you got to create a space. And when you create that space, God says, I am now free to speak. I hope I have a witness in here. That's why it's rather you go a cappella up here than get a bunch of fools back there that don't have a relationship with God. I just lost five more. I'm losing a lot of people today. Praise the Lord. I'm trying to help somebody though, for real. You got to create the space. You got to make sure you are careful about who you put in because the musicians prepare the atmosphere. They do. The next one is closely linked to this one, number, number uh, six. Worship prepares us for God's word and God's work. He, by the way, please remember, it is God's work you're doing. I know you think it's your business you started and it's your assignment you got to go through, but it really is God that gave you the desire to pull off what you're doing. So at the end of the day, you might think you're doing it for you, but you're really doing it for God's glory. So don't get it too. That's why you need the atmosphere to be right. That's why you don't remember um, Saul. You remember Saul? When he, had, when he was possessed, and uh, he says, yeah, I ain't feel right. Huh? 
I feel so right. Uh, hey, call David. What's that little dude again? That little dude. Let him play his harp. Let him play. Hey, play some. You don't sing nothing. Just play something. Play something. And whenever he played, the text says, Saul's soul was soothed. The peace of God came over him and the spirit left. All because of music. You see what I'm saying there? So you got to watch what you're putting into your heart and into your mind. See, that's why I get, I, I get the question all the time. Hey, 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 I want to, I, I just, I, I have freedom. God said I can do whatever I want to do. I still love my music, and I want to listen to my music of while I was in Egypt. Leave me alone. I love some of the music. I love what it does to me. And I just, and I'm, whoa, 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 whoa. What you create? What's the atmosphere? God took you out of Egypt. Now he's trying to take Egypt out of you. Why are you reinforcing Egypt in you when what he wants is for you to be a 24-hour worshiper of Jesus? Why are you settling with something that you used to do that brought you fun back in the day and you think the only way you can have fun today is if you go back in the day and bring that to today? Let me ask you this question. What are you creating? I know what happens when you listen to songs that worship and glorify God. You're creating an atmosphere for God to move. We're going to lose two more right here. What you're creating when you have a steady diet of Rihanna? You see, if you're after popularity, you wouldn't say that. But what are you doing when the songs you're listening to are counter the Bible you say you believe in? What spirit and atmosphere are you creating? Now I know somebody going to say, yeah, that pastor, I knew he was crazy. I knew he from Jamaica. That's why he just don't know the songs that we love to listen to. If he knew them, then he would just want to listen to them too. No, 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 no. If the song... It's counter the Bible. I don't want to hear it. Why? Because I don't know what spirit I'm bringing up in there. Take that one. Meditate on it day and night. Last five more. Let's go. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to help you get to your vision, whether you like it or not, whether it's painful or not. That's why I got to preach the truth, whether you like it or whether it's popular or not. I don't know why you need to listen to stuff that does not glorify God when you have a plethora of music that can glorify God. And it is part of the reason why you're so anxious. That's why we created the whole well. Have you heard of the well? Here's what the well is. It's scriptures to music that's read for you. By people on our staff. That's why we created hymns that we sing over you. So if you're anxious, if you're fearful, if you have anxiety, whatever it is, just, just listen to it. Just go to download it, listen to it while you go to sleep. And you would be amazed. The atmosphere that's created because you're reminded of the word of God. So now he can speak freely through and to your life. Come on, let's go. We have some more work to do before we go. Number seven. Here we go. Number seven, number seven, number seven. Sometimes we, we benefit from the blessing of others. Sometimes we benefit from the blessings of others. Um, here's what happened in the story. Jehoshaphat is the guy that, that's, the tea, that's the teacup, and Jehoram and the king from Edom are the saucer. God says, sometimes 
the people around you, the only reason they're going to get blessed is because of you. So he's going to pour over and overflow into your life. And that overflow is going to spill over into the lives of the people around you. Okay, you're not believing me. Let me show you. Let me show you. Let me show you. He says there are two kind of Christians. There's the kind of Christian that's the teacup. And there's the kind of Christian that's the saucer. The teacup is the one that spends time with God. That hangs out with God. That serves with God. That loves God. That has an intimate relationship with God. So much so that there's water that comes in and the spirit of God come here come here Henderson and the spirit of God says that he is going to bless you in such a way Pastor Henderson come here uh, open this for me and just pour some of it out here's what God says because you spend time with me slowly don't do it fast slowly and so go ahead and so, stop, 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 too much. And so you're enjoying your relationship with God. It's going good. That's on Monday. Pour a little bit more. On Tuesday, you're, you're getting filled up again with the relationship with God. Now, watch this now. The rest of the people ain't getting blessed yet, only because you're not full to overflowing yet. But after, go ahead, Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, stop right there. All the overflowing is coming, and everybody else is getting blessed because of your relationship with God. The only reason they're getting blessed is because of what God is doing in your life. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. Listen, listen, listen. There are too many of you that are saucers. You're walking around waiting for somebody else's relationship to God to spill over into you. While it's fine for a little time to do that, it's not fine after 20 years for you still to be a saucer and not a teacup. If, 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 if you're 25 today and you were saved when you were 10 years old, it's not fine for you still to be a saucer and not a teacup. Ladies and gentlemen, God says, I want you to be a teacup so that through you, everybody can be blessed. Ladies and gentlemen, what he's suggesting to you is that you ought to be a lighthouse in your house so that as God pours out to you, every neighbor in your community will be blessed because of the overflowing of Jesus into your life that spills over day by day by day by day into your community. Can I get a witness, one family? Hold both of those for me, please, young man. Thank you, sir. Awesome, man. Family, that's what he's asking us to do. We have too many saucers in the church and not enough teacups. And God's raising up a generation of teacups that will flow and overflow with the blessings on God upon their community. That's what our church needs to be. We need to be a teacup so that. We're blessing the society and the city and the county around. It cannot just be for us. We've got to be a blessing to every other person around. So let's go to number eight, see if we can land this plane here real quick. Number eight says, God will provide for you in your driest place. Let's get on with the story now. God will provide for you in your driest place. Here's how the story goes. The, the three kings get together, they go, and they all now need water. Uh, they go to the, the, the prophet. The prophet Elijah says, hey, man, here's what you have to do. You got to dig some trenches. You got to dig a ditch. Hey, man, dig it. Dig it out. But, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Elisha, I didn't come here to work. I came for water. Why are you telling me I have to work when I just called you for water? Because the way God goes and the way God works is he wants to know what have you filled up or what have you dug out so he can fill up. If there's nothing to fill because you did nothing, then he can't bless you in the way he wants to bless you. So he finds the driest place. Remember, we're in the desert. Then he finds a valley 
in the desert. What is a valley means there used to be water in there. So now he finds a valley in the desert. Whoa. Okay. So why, if it's already a hole, do I need to dig another hole? Because the way God works every single time is he's going to take what you think is final and he's going to create another opportunity for him to bless you beyond your wildest imagination. So here's what God says. God says, as long as there is capacity, I will fill the hole. God fills all open spaces. Every time you have an opportunity, God says, I'm going to fill it. You can't, this text says, defeat the Moabites until you dig the ditches. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. He tells you to dig ditches. Here's your problem. Some of you have gotten so sedity. Well, I really can't dig too much anymore. I mean, that's why I went to school, right? So I'm going to take this, and I'm going to go to the backyard, get some loose soil, and I'm going to dig a little hole. And you can do that. Or you go, well, you know, I look at this person. I'm a little better than them. Let me get a bigger one. I'm going to dig a little hole. The, 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 the soil is loose. I'm going to dig a little hole. Listen, hey, what I love about God is God says, no problem. You, you want to dig a hole this size? Whatever the size of the hole you dig, whatever I bless you with, it's going to be the same size. You use a small shovel, you get small blessing. So this is what you want. Go ahead, please, be, be like this. Dig, 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 have fun, play in the dirt, do all that. But you need to know the size of your blessing is going to be the size of your shovel. Now, because I'm unlike you, and I ain't looking at no other Christian. I couldn't care a rip about them little things. See, unlike you, some of you need a bigger shovel because you need a bigger blessing because you have a bigger dream. So you need to be digging. But this, this don't work for me either. Some of you be like, well, I'm going to dig some holes and I'm going to get some. And you get one of these. I mean, I'm going to dig a hole, God, because I have a little vision. The vision ain't that big, but this hole right here... We'll do it, and that's some of you. That's not my vision, so I ain't using that either. So I'm not using any of those. Some of you be like, well, pastor, I got me the biggest shovel I know, and I'm going to dig and dig, and I'm going to dig, dig bending knees, dig bending knees. And that's not me either. Listen, family, I need a hole so big that I need God to set me up. And it need to be so magnificent that I need to turn this back hole on. And I need, I'm not starting it for y'all. Y'all love drama too much. I'm not starting. But I need a hole so big that I'm going to find the biggest equipment I can find to build the biggest hole I can find. So when God pours out his blessing on me, it's so much. I can bless every single person around me. Can I get a witness, somebody? The size of your ditch is the size of your blessing. Why would you ever dig small holes? Why would you ever dig small ditches when God's asking to pour out a blessing on your soul? Watch number 9 and 10. They're both the same. Your unseen work makes room for unexpected blessing. How much, how much filling he does depends on how much digging you do. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know about you, 
but too many of us love to compare um, people's highlight reel. And you should never compare a highlight reel. What you should, should compare is how much digging they're doing. Because when you see the highlight reel, it doesn't tell the full story. What tells the full story is how, many, how much digging they did when nobody was looking. What we have today is people going on social media comparing themselves to everybody else. That's, you're comparing the wrong thing. You ought to compare. Hey, man, can you tell me how the heck did you get there? What kind of holes did you have to dig to get this kind of vision? That's the question you must ask. Don't ask them, hey, man, how do you, how did you, how do you enjoy this? No, you must ask them, tell me the mindset you must have and the kind of holes you must dig to get this kind of highlight reel. That's why you must shut your um, social media off sometimes so you're not jealous. Because half the time people just say, oh, I wish I had that life. Oh, I wish I had what they have. Oh, I wish I had what they have. No, no. That's why you can't compare yourself. Because it's all about the size hole ditch that you dug. Mm -hmm. If you dig small ditches, small blessing. Mm. Big ditches, big blessing. Mm -hmm. The choice is yours. But don't complain when God did it for them and he didn't do it for you. Because behind the scenes, you are lazy and you didn't want to dig the ditch. But let me tell you how the story ends. I'm done with you. Let me tell you how the story ends. It's a fascinating story. So they, they uh, dug the ditch and um, God says, last point, number 11. God says, listen, um, it's not going to rain. Because if it rains, you might think you just kind of happened, you just kind of said something to God and he kind of in chance and by luck made it rain. That's not what happened. He says, it's not going to rain. You're not going to see a cloud. It's not going to be overcast. You aren't going to see none of that. You will be able to tell that you had nothing to do with this. It was only God. He says, it's the water going to come from somewhere else, which means it's going to rain from somewhere else. It's not coming from the top down. It's coming from the bottom up. And so it's going to rain somewhere else. You're not going to see the cloud. The water there is going to be so heavy. It's going to fill up the valley. It's going to fill up every trench you dug. It's going to fill it all up. Everybody is going to get water. You're going to get water. Your cattle is going to get water. All your soldiers are going to get water. Everybody's going to get water, and it will not be depleted. It's going to be so much water that you cannot believe it. But listen, listen to me, please, when I say this. Whenever God is doing one, whenever it seems as if God is doing one miracle, he's always doing two or three. You just have eyes to see one. Let me explain. While they're drinking from that water, while they're getting refreshed, the Moabites on the eastern side of the Dead Sea, they're looking. And they're like, hold on. The way the sun hit the water, it looked like there was blood all in the water. So they thought, foolishly, that the, that the, that the Edomites and the uh, people from Judah and Israel were fighting against each other so that they said, well, let's go down and mop it up since they're fighting each other already. Let's just go down and kill the rest of them and be done with this and let us have our freedom. And they said, no, 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 no. They ran down. And the soldiers from Israel from Judah and from Edom were all refreshed. It's one thing to fight when you're not refreshed. It's another thing to fight when you're refreshed. They now were refreshed and then God brought the Moabites to them. They didn't have to go any further in the desert and then they wiped them all out in the war. And now they, had to, they got the privilege of now taking the territory. Listen to me. They thought 
that God was only getting them water. But he was doing way more than they thought. That's how God works. When you think, God, I just want this. Just give me this. Just give me this. God's always saying, I'm four steps ahead of you. I'm not just doing what you ask. I'm doing more than what you ask. Your assignment is to trust me in the middle of it because I always got a plan bigger than yours. So for all of you who've got a vision and you have limitations and you're begging God to solve the current problem, can you just remember that your God is so good? He's solving that problem and he's solving two more that you don't even realize that you have yet. And he's setting you up for success. But listen, if you don't dig the ditches, there will be no water. Many of you, in closing, are, um, are Laker fans. Uh, I love Lakers. I love them when nobody was there. I love them when Kobe was there. I love them now that LeBron is there. I love them when they had 10 victories. And I love them now when they're going to the finals. Praise the Lord for the Lakers. Okay, but, 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 but. everybody likes LeBron and likes his highlight reels. But nobody knows the effort that he puts in. Let me help you out. He spends $1.5 million every year on his body exclusively, every year. He has different coaches for different types and for different things. Every single year, this man spends $1.5 million making sure he studies how he's landing after a dunk or after a layup. He has to land just right because he brought in somebody from the seal to teach him how to land to, to preserve your knees so you can play longer, so you can shatter all the records, and you can play way into your 40s. But people don't know, after, before and after every game, he has special treatment that he does to make sure that his body is at the best performance for the game and after the game. What people don't know is every, anywhere in the world he goes, there has to be a gym. Has to be. Because there's not a day that goes by that he does not work out himself. Why am I telling you about LeBron James? Because when he's digging ditches, nobody's watching. But when, the, when you see him time a guy and he thinks he's going to dunk a ball or he's going to lay up and you see him time it and come over in the perfect time and swat that ball away, you think, oh, okay, he got lucky. No, 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 no. It's because he practices it every day of his life. When he's digging ditches, me and you are having parties and eating. He's digging ditches. But, 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 but that's, that's physical. Let's go to my boy Joseph. Let's go to my Whenever there's a vision and there's a limitation, God says, I'll fill the gap. Hey, Joseph, uh, you had a vision, huh? And you told all your brothers, huh? You told everybody you're going to lead them and you're going to run them and you're going to be in charge of all of them, huh? What they do to you, Jay? They threw you and sold you into slavery, didn't they, Jay? Yeah, Jay, you had a vision, didn't you? And there was a hiccup, there's a problem, didn't you? And what did God do, Jay? He filled the gap. Jay, but then you went to, you got through that one and said, okay, yeah, God, I can deal with one. But then what happened next, Jay? He went to Potiphar's house. You remember the story, don't you? He went to Potiphar's house. Then he got accused of wanting to sleep with her, and they threw him in jail. Jay, you had a vision. You're supposed to be leading people. But there's a limitation. They accused you falsely. But God was always at work. What was he doing, family? Filling the gap. Then he went to jail. You remember the story, don't you? And he was there for a while. And then some guys came. And they thought, okay, yeah, man, can you interpret the dream? He interpreted it. Went back to him. He said, I'm going to tell the king about you because you're a good guy. And you helped me interpret this dream. Or oh, you're going to be in the king's house. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he stayed there. And they forgot him. He had a dream. Ah. He had limitations. Ah. 
But God was behind the scenes working because he was filling the gap. Jesus. Two years after that. Can you imagine two years? Man, God, I thought you had my, you don't have my back. You ain't filling no gap. It's been two years. What, you, I, I thought I'm supposed to be over all of Egypt. Then one time the king couldn't sleep and they called for him. He had to remember when they sold me into slavery. God was filling the gap. He had to remember when Potiphar's wife accused me. He could have killed me. He could have had me taken out. But God was filling the gap. When they sent me to jail, I shouldn't have gone there. But God was filling the gap. When they forgot me, God was filling the gap. I don't see it. But God was filling the gap. And then he gets to the highest official in all of Egypt. And God finally filled the gap. Listen, I don't know where you are today. I don't know if for you, uh, you've been sold into slavery. I don't know if for you, you've been accused falsely. I don't know if for you, you've been put in some kind of uh, incarceration. I don't know if for you, if you've been forgotten. But here's what, I, here's what I got the good news to tell you. God sees you and he's filling the gap. Your job. Here's what it said about Job. And Joseph was faithful. And Joseph was faithful. He had a dream. Dream hadn't come true yet, but he was still faithful. So I don't care where your dream is. Starting a business didn't work. Got one starting on. I don't know where it is. But here's what you need to know. You need to be faithful right where you are. Because God is filling the gap. Heavenly Father, I thank you for all the dreams that are represented here. Everyone, whatever it is that we so long for. I thank you for all of them. I thank you for every God-given dream you've given to every person under the sound of my voice today. God, will you please encourage each of us knowing that you will fill the gap, that you have the vision, and God, there are limitations that we're facing, and we don't know if we can make it to the vision that you have, but in the middle and behind the scenes, you are working this thing out for your glory and for our good. So will you help us all, please? Will you help us be faithful? Dig ditches. Because you are filling the gap. Thank you for entrusting us with this vision. Light a fire on the all of us. Even if we're the only one. And help us to run the race that you have been set before us. Thank you for never leaving us nor forsaking us. Even when we think you're not there, you're there and you're simply saying, come on, come on, I called you for this. You're built for this. You've got what it takes. The Spirit of God's inside of you. Yes, you can pull this off for my glory and for my honor. Unleash your people now to go fulfill the visions and the dreams that you have given to us all. We pray this in Jesus' matchless name. And everybody say... Come on, everybody, put your hands together for the glory of God. Yeah. If you're watching us online uh, and you're here today, I don't want anybody to move just yet. If you're watching us online and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and then you don't even know how, to, how, the, how God's going to fill your gap. Well, today I want to invite you, if you don't know him, to accept him as your personal Lord and Savior. You want the abundant life? That's reserved for Christ followers. Those who have placed faith alone in Christ alone 
for the remission of their sins. If you want to do that today, just uh, put your phone over that QR code. And if you're in the house today, in a moment, we'll, we'll have some of our prayer team up here. And you can come up when we dismiss you. And we can come up and you can talk to them. If you want prayer. Just put that in there. One of our pastors would love to do it. Just go on our pastor chat. One of our pastors are right there right now. Go on the website. You'll see a little bubble show up. Just type in your prayer request and they'll converse with you right there. If you're in the house and you want somebody to pray for you, don't just leave. Just come on. And in a minute, we'll social distance while we pray for you. And then if you want to join our church, what a great time to join our church so we can continue to inspire you toward Christ-likeness. If that's you, uh, just come on, look on the digital membership banner on our website, and you can pull that off as well. Or they're putting it up in the chat right now, and they're putting it up on the screen right now. You can just go right there and pull it off. But if you want to know Jesus Christ, or if you want to come back to him, today would be the greatest day. Heaven will rejoice, and we'll rejoice here. If you decide to make that decision, we're asking God for, over the weekend, we're asking God for 10 people. So if that's, if you're one of them that we've been praying for all week, then you need to give your life to Christ today, or you need to come back to Christ today and say, okay, God, I've done it my way long enough. The problem, I cannot overcome it by myself. I need you. If that's you, then you fill that form out, and you put your phone right over that QR code, and you fill it out, and we'll consider it. Another. Thanks for being here. We'll love you. We appreciate you. Thanks for worshiping with us. All right, Pastor Matt, Courtney, why don't you take it away?